I was inspired by nature. This is the place where I grew up. And I remember planting my first tree at the age of seven years old. My name is Elizabeth Patuti. I'm an environmentalist and a climate activist from Kenya. I'm also the founder of Green Generation Initiative. And this is an initiative that nurtures young children to love nature and to be environmentally conscious at a young age. And of course, I started with the first thing that made me also connect to nature, and that was a tree. So I started a campaign that I dubbed the Adopt a Tree campaign, whereby I would ensure that every child in every school gets a chance to plant and adopt a tree each in their school compound. It helps them to realize that they can be a part of the solution to the environmental challenges that we are facing today. I have always envisioned a world where we will put people and planet above profits. Africa has to bear the biggest brunt of climate change. Most people are suffering and they are adversely affected and also have got a lower capacity to adapt to the impacts of the climate crisis. Climate action calls for both system change and individual action at the end of the day. Every action matters and by doing this we will be changing this planet for the better. Young people are stepping up to the challenge and they're taking leadership to call on governments to take immediate action. So let us make sure that we act on the demands of young people. Let us be responsible in terms of how we are going to leave this planet for all generations to come. This is Dion Marie, and you're listening to Hoobazoo.com. The following conversation is real. It took place on Tuesday, June 8th, 2004, between a Blonde Star advisor and a subscriber. Blonde Star emergency. This is Steve. Is there an emergency in your vehicle? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've locked myself in my car, and the keys are on the outside. Ma'am. Oh, my God. Ma'am, I need you to calm down. Okay. It's, it's just that the windows are rolled up, and I'm starting to sweat. My keys are on the outside. Now, your keys are on the outside of the vehicle? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, does your car have automatic locks, or? Uh, yes, 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 okay, yes. Okay. Here's what I need you to do. Take hold of the inside of your door handle there. Are you doing this? Um. The shiny thing. Grab the uh, shiny thing. Uh, okay, I've got it. I've got it. Okay, now give that a tug. Okay. Did it open? Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. Okay, now what is that noise? Oh, that's my door alarm. Yeah, but that only happens if the keys are in the ignition, hun. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> Your keys are actually in your ignition. Yes. Okay. Oh my God, thank you so much, Blonde Star. That's why we're here. Do you need anything else? Blonde Star. Always on, because you're always blonde. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? This is madness! This is a boot!
staring down, looking at the blood-stained concrete. You're the dead MC, blind at my feet. You took a nine-millimeter rhyme straight to your mind. Damn, my better split. This is my time, so I make my way up the block. Get the whole base and lock that uh. up. Crack the Cavassier and grab the phone. Call one of my troops up. Host the soldiers when he says, Yo, what's up? What's going on? Make it quick, cause I'm trying to get my stellar on. Go. Uh. You grow up in the. These lyrical assassins tried to pull a hit, and then boom, came a noise from the other room. It was the boys in blue with the SWAT crew. They got us locked up for lyrical murder. It's one of them charges that you never heard of. It's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, we're killing all your podcasts like the HIV virus. You want to battle this kid? Come, don't even try this. Back the uh. up, think again, count to ten. You want to grab that mic just to get done in? It's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. Was he African? African. African. No. He was American and he was like you. He looked just like you. He was Jewish. Just Wait, like okay. you. Jew. Okay. It's an odd crime for a Jew to yeah, kill. Yeah, uh, pretty docile. Okay, so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. No, you don't. No. no, that's not what I said. Is that what you heard me say? I said he looked like you. Do you look like an African Jew? No, I look like a cop. Yeah. <sighs> he was Caucasian. All right, your boy, since the one broadcasting live from the City of Champions, you are listening to The Booth. It is May 25th, 2021, and I got to give a big thanks to my guest last week, Crystal Tyson, who was on with us. She was a special co-host last week, did a great job, so big shout-out to her for coming on the show. Uh, but tonight, as you guys can see over to my left, I've already got my first guest here with me, Robbie Silverman, the Ox fan, and later in the show... I've got Travis Partington from Oscar Mike Radio and Richard Fitz Jr., who has the film 21 Years of Folded Flag. This is a film that I think everybody really needs to see. It's about his father. It's about it's a great veteran story. And, and make sure you guys tune into this interview. Uh, it's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, let me get into my sponsors real quick before we get into this interview. Michael Douglas Barreto, MDB Electronics. If you have a controller that's drifting or fading out or broken, this is my guy. I send my controllers out to him. I'm back to gaming within 24 to 48 hours. Michael Douglas Barreto, MDB Electronics. Also, my cousin's website is rebelrom.com. You want to check her out for her clothing line. Reach out to her. Make sure you purchase some t-shirts. Tell her you saw it here in the booth with Sinister One. Also, Tactical Target Systems. Those are those zombie targets that you see when I take my time and relax and go down to the range and shoot. Because, again, I have this big fear of the zombie apocalypse. So I want to make sure my squad is correct. I want to make sure that my skills is correct. And I just found out that at my club that I go to, Braintree Gun and Rifle Club, they have hatchet training and they have crossbow training, which is something I might look into because when I watch The Walking Dead, Daryl has lasted since season one and he doesn't even really use a gun. He's used a crossbow, an arrow, so got to get those skills as a backup. Viana Marie is my artist. Make sure you check out her music and follow her online. But my guest over here on the left-hand side, this man here, 
is Robbie Silverman of Oxfam. And Oxfam came my way through another celebrity um, who was on the Wendy's Williams show. And she has family over in India. And she made this post about what is going on over there with COVID and the struggles that they're going through. And I'm going to let Robbie really explain a lot of this because here in America, we just got that news that pretty much in every state, a majority of 50% of everyone in every state has been vaccinated. And the importance of vaccination for COVID is very important. We've got school getting out early for everyone. Um, you know, in the beginning here, you had the anti-vaxxers. You had a lot of people who were worried about being vaccinated. But I think more people, as they see more and more people getting vaccinated, seeing more and more people not having issues. Yes, they had an issue with Johnson & Johnson with blood clots. But let's be real real honest here. It was only 1% of those who received it. It was a very minuscule amount. When you have products or, or any type of failures, it's usually a lot more than 1% that a company looks for. To see, you know, so one percent is very minuscule. Um, it the FDA and everybody has reapproved Johnson for Johnson and Johnson for giving out vaccinations. So again, get your knowledge, get notified, but it's very important. And I'm going to let Ox Fam's guy here. He's senior management, Robbie. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, tell him your title, how long you've been there, and the importance of getting vaccinated. Probably dire right now, where you have hundreds of thousands of people being infected every day, thousands of people dying every day. And you literally have people you know, dying in the streets because there are no hospital beds, no oxygen tanks. Um, I mean, it's really just a catastrophic situation and a catastrophic humanitarian crisis. And it's really because we're not actually vaccinating people equally. The rich world right now, including the US, has administered 80% of all vaccine doses. The poorest countries, 0.3%. And so it's this vast chasm of inequality. We have the rich countries doing really well, starting to reopen, beating back the virus. And then you have poorer countries that have basically administered no doses. And it's not just Brazil. So it's not just India. It's Brazil. It's Peru. It's Mexico. Countries that are really, really struggling because they don't have access to the vaccines that we all need. And so one of the things that we're doing uh, at Oxfam is calling for a people's vaccine. And what that means is that everybody around the world should be able to have a free vaccine. No one should have to pay for it. And vaccines should be distributed <clears throat> based on risk and need, not the country you live in or how much you can pay. And the vaccines should be a global public good. And basically what that means is right now, a very small number of giant pharmaceutical companies have monopoly control over the vaccine. They determine how many doses they produce, where they're sold, and at what price. And because these companies have monopoly control, there aren't enough doses. It's this artificial scarcity problem where the world simply doesn't have enough doses right now. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what we want is for the vaccine recipe to be shared so that you have every factory in the world that's able to produce vaccines running full tilt to get all the doses that we need so that everybody around the world can access the vaccine as quickly as possible. Wow, that is crazy scary. That is, that's, um, and this is the type of stuff that's behind the scenes that we don't know about. This is, you know, like here in New England, which you're, you're actually routed out of Boston. 
um, here in Boston. So you've heard the stories of how uh, the Patriots have stepped up, and I guess they're going to be flying some vaccines out to some of these countries that need it. Um, but again, you know, you're, the way you're talking is like that, you know, this is, and this was my big worry when, 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 you know, when, when Trump let all these companies do what they needed to do and they, you know, they removed some of this red tape, um, this was going to be a new challenge, uh, for everybody across the board, you know, and, and people can complain and be upset, but this is something that we've never seen before in our generation. This, this hit fast and furious and, um, before anybody really knew what was kind of going on, it, we were we were dealing with it right square in our faces. Now, everybody knows I work at Logan Airport, and I've been kind of dealing with this COVID thing since the end of January before they even really knew what it was. Um, and it, it, it's just tough. I'm just, like I said, I'm just glad that we do have a vaccination right now and that we here in America um, are able to get it. But my problem is, is that, you know, to hear this type of thing, um, it, it bothers me and that's why I stepped up and I made sure that I wanted to put my money somewhere and help out and donate um, on, a, on a monthly basis to Oxfam. And it's not just vaccinations that you guys take care of. There's a, there's a lot of other things. Can you get into some of the other things that Oxfam too? I mean, the vaccination is, is part of the point right now, but I, I want everybody to know exactly everything you guys do. Yeah, Joel, just to take India as an example. So we operate in 90 countries around the world. And we do work on climate change. We do work to make sure that people have access to clean drinking water, access to hygiene. And that's one of the things that we're doing in India right now, because there are millions of people in India who basically live in slums in major cities with no access to running water and no access to hygiene. And so you can imagine in COVID where, oh, you know, yeah. so much is about proper hygiene. And if you're, you know, living basically in a shack with no running water, you're crammed with your entire family in basically one room. You can't socially distance. You can't make sure you're practicing good hygiene. And so one of the things that we're doing is making sure that people do have access to clean water, do have access to hygiene. And we're also trying to get at some of these root cause issues, you know, making sure that we're actually investing in public health care all around the world, that we're investing in education, um, that we're investing in jobs. And so, you know, we do work on a huge number of issues. Right now, vaccines are front and center because it's having such a huge impact on public health, on the economy, on jobs. Um, and so, you know, that's basically our highest priority right now. And even as we're doing really well in the U.S., there are warning signs because the longer that the virus is allowed to circulate, the more variants that develop. And you're starting to see that now in places like India and South Africa and Brazil where there are actually new variants of the virus that are more easily transmissible and that are more deadly. And right now, the vaccines that we have are protective, but there's no guarantee that that will continue to be the case. And so that's why it's really important that we vaccinate everybody as quickly as possible to stop the virus in its tracks. If not, then the virus will continue to mutate and there may be a variant that develops that comes right back to us in the US where the vaccines aren't as effective and that could threaten our public health. And there's also a big economic cost. You know, a lot of the world is still shut down economically. Mm -hmm. And so even again, as we're starting to do better here in the U.S., if we can't trade with other countries, if their economies are going to shut down, that's going to hurt us. And so the International Chamber of Commerce actually <clears throat> said that failing to vaccinate the whole world will actually cost the entire globe nine trillion dollars in, in sort of economic loss. And one trillion of that will be felt here in the U.S. And so as well as we're doing here in the U.S., 
we really do have to care about what's happening outside our borders because ultimately it will come back and affect us and hurt our health and hurt our economy. And it's funny because, you know, one of the things about COVID that I talk about, and I don't think a lot of people really realize, COVID was a culture-changing disease. And and when I say culture-changing for a lot of people in a lot of countries, you had to change certain mentalities. Now, I remember years and years ago when Africa had the outbreak of Ebola, and I remember watching Channel 2, and one of the main things that they had to bang into their heads in in Africa was that they had to immediately change their culture culture because one of the reasons why Ebola had spread so fast is because they had this culture where when someone died they kept those people in the hut and then their tradition was was when they had their burial or a ceremony for that person everybody touched that person who died and when everybody was doing those ceremonies and touching that person who died or kissing that person who died Ebola was spread People like Oxfam would have to go in there and educate these people and say, hey, you've got to change all of this. You can't do this type of stuff no more. Here in America, and I hate to say this, this is 2021, and I hate to say this, but before COVID, I would go into a men's room at a game or something, and if the stalls or the sinks was full, a lot of guys, I hate to say it, would leave the bathroom and not wash their hands. I went to a restaurant about a couple of weeks ago, and I mentioned this last week, you know, I was happy to see that a majority of guys now they're taking the time. They're washing their hands. And this it's just simple stuff such as that that teaches people that the importance of why we needed to have this. And, and I mean, you guys have a tough battle ahead of you um, for this. And, I mean, pretty much a 24-7 gig for you? Yeah. Um, but, you know, there actually is really actually amazing momentum. Okay. So India and South Africa have a proposal with a World Trade Organization – to basically let them manufacture vaccine the doses in their own country. And India is actually one of the world's biggest vaccine manufacturers for other diseases, including actually now for COVID. And there's a proposal that India and South Africa are leading on. More than 100 companies, co- excuse me, more than 100 countries are backing this proposal. And what it says is basically, give us the recipe. We have factories, we the scientists, we know how to do this, let us manufacture the vaccines that our own population, our own citizens need and up until very recently, the United States blo- was blocking that proposal. And it started under President Trump, where he was very loud in his opposition. And he basically said, nope, I don't want to do anything that's going to threaten the private profits of U.S. corporations that are currently own the recipe. And he, he was literally prioritizing private profits over public health. Mm. It's been a big change from President Biden. And actually, just like 10 days ago, he made this incredibly groundbreaking decision to actually have the U.S. support this proposal by India and South Africa to open up access to the vaccine recipe. Mm-hmm. And that is completely unprecedented. It's an amazing example of U.S. leadership. And so there's actually real hope now. And there's a lot of work still to do, right? We have to you know, make sure the President Biden's, that his leadership is heard in the world stage. Not all rich countries are bought mm-hmm. in yet, mm-hmm. but he's leading on that. We need to make sure that we're actually investing in manufacturing so that we can have factories that are pumping out these doses as quickly as possible. We also need to invest in the public health infrastructure so that once countries have the doses, you actually have the nurses and medical workers who can go and actually make sure that they get shots in arms. And so there's a lot of work still to do for sure, but there's really very encouraging signs of hope. And and President Biden's decision was really revolutionary 
and it's really something to build on and something to be, be proud of and, and keep working toward. It's funny that you mentioned President Trump, and I don't want to go back to be the dead horse because he's been out of office for more than 100 days. But it's funny you say it because one of the things I noticed, I follow politics for a long time. And when they announced that vaccines were coming and President Trump was up there with the head of Walmart. And I was saying to myself, what does the head of Walmart have to do with vaccinations? And he was talking about all this money that he put in and this and that. And I said, this is this didn't seem right. This was not being done with the public mind in general and for you to just turn around and just say what you said that lets me know that i was right in what i thought when i saw who was up there on that stage when the vaccines were announced this was all about who was going to get rich off of this and that and that was and that's sad that's sad that that was the main thing that was where we were at and um i i just i just can't believe it so there's a couple of things i want to mention before we wind this interview down um, can you talk about where people can make a donation and sign up and, and let them know the social media and all of that sort? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we need people to get involved in any way that they can. Um, uh, Oxim.org is a great website, lots of resources, but we have a whole section on vaccine access. Um, please sign up there. You know, if, this, if you're passionate about this and you're able to give a little bit, we'd obviously welcome that. Um, and also, we really need people to lift up their voices with political leadership in Washington, D.C. Um, so, you know, call your congressman, say we need a people's vaccine. We need to make sure there's equal access to this vaccine here in the U.S. and all around the world. And so whatever you're able to, to do, your voice, your wallet, um, uh, you know, any way you can participate, uh, please get involved at Oxfam.org. And as we're talking about the way to donate people, if you're out there, if your kids want to help out and i know a lot of young kids don't have money but if your kid plays on um xbox or some type of video game system i'm just going to pull this up here and just show you guys real quick uh there is a global giving which is global giving is part of something that's on microsoft right now and what they're doing is and i'm going to pull up this right now so we can show it this is their logo global giving when you go on Global Giving on your Xbox or PlayStation, and when you accrue your gamer score and gamer points, um, you can donate your points to a, to Global Giving, which is helping out businesses like Oxfam. And what they're doing is is that every point, every five points, is a dollar. And this is great for getting your young kids involved and teaching your young kids the importance of giving back. And I'm going to let Robbie explain how this is important and how this does help and how it does help teaching your kids. Yeah, I mean, we need everybody involved in this fight. I mean, this impacts everybody. You know, everybody needs these shots. And until everybody gets these shots, no one's safe. Because one of the things we've learned is that, you know, COVID anywhere is COVID everywhere. And so we need to get everybody involved, including kids. And also now kids themselves are, you know, 12 and up are eligible for the vaccine, which is amazing. And is again, a huge sign of progress here in the US. We have to make sure the kids everywhere also have access. That's really important. Nice. Robbie, I want to thank you for coming on. This was a great interview. I do have a PSA that you guys have uh, linked me to. It's the People's Vaccine. I'm going to let you introduce this, and then I'm going to play this PSA. That way we can let you get out of here. But again, please mention the social media and the website and the organization. Yeah, so we're on all the social media channels, Oxfam, O-X-F-A-M. Um, please hit us up and, and follow what we do. Uh, and yeah, w you know, the People's Vaccine, that's what we all need. and basically means it's a vaccine that's free. That, uh, that everybody can access um, and we need everybody to support it. So it really is a vaccine that belongs to the people. All right, Robbie, I want to thank you for coming on. Robbie Silverman is the guy right here in Boston. How weird things work out that this guy was right here in Boston 
doing this and, and it's great stuff. So here it is, people, people's vaccine, pay attention. And if you missed it before the show, there's a green generation initiative for something that they've got going on in Africa. Like I said, it's not just about vaccine vaccines. Oxfam does a couple of different things. So I'm just going to show both videos for you guys. Robbie, I want to thank you for coming on. Just hold on here. I'm going to talk to you off air real quick. We all want to end the pandemic and reopen the economy. But to do so, we need a COVID-19 vaccine that is available to hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Hope I, hope I a people's vaccine. For years, drug companies have raised the price of our medications while receiving billions in taxpayer dollars. Now, the U.S. government has given them $10 billion of our tax dollars to develop a vaccine. Yet, no. the drug companies will still hold complete control over the price and own the patents for medicines we pay to invent. Sound yeah, unfair? That's, that's because it is. We need a people's vaccine that is free for everyone, everywhere. Without a people's vaccine, there's no guarantee of a treatment that's affordable and accessible to all. Where yeah. you were born and how much hey, money really you have shouldn't so determine whether you live or die. Cool. A people's vaccine will be affordable and distributed fairly, based on need, not ability to pay. Across the world, drug companies are getting rich while millions cannot afford care. A people's vaccine is a chance for change. It's this simple. COVID-19 vaccines invented with taxpayer dollars must be made available for free to everyone who needs them. It's time for a people's vaccine. Unmute. There you go. I'm unmuted. Nice bar. I was inspired by nature. This is the place where I grew up. And I remember planting my first tree at the age of seven years old. My name is Elizabeth Patuti. I'm an environmentalist and a climate activist from Kenya. I'm also the founder of Green Generation Initiative. And this is an initiative that nurtures young children to love nature and to be environmentally conscious at a young age. And of course, I started with the first thing that made me also connect to nature, and that was a tree. So I started a campaign that I dubbed the Adopt a Tree campaign, whereby I would ensure that every child in every school gets a chance to plant and adopt a tree each in their school compound. It helps them to realize that they can be a part of the solution to the environmental challenges that we are facing today. I have always envisioned a world where we will put people and planet above profit. Africa has to bear the biggest brunt of climate change. Most people are suffering and they are adversely affected and also have got a lower capacity to adapt to the impacts of the climate crisis. Climate action calls for both system change and individual action at the end of the day. Every action matters and by doing this we will be changing this planet for the better. Young people are stepping up to the challenge and they're taking leadership to call on governments to take immediate action. So let us make sure that we act on the demands of young people. Let us be responsible in terms of how we are going to leave this planet for all generations to come. All right, guys, we're back here in the booth broadcasting live from the City of Champions. I've got my next two guests, 
ready to go here on the show with me tonight. And um, again, I just got to mention a couple of things here um, as we get into it. I got to thank Robbie Silverman for coming on the show with me tonight from Oxfam. As you guys heard, that was just, you know, India's situation. You have to try to change the entire culture over there. And they're in the situation where COVID is just blown up. So if you can help out with them, Oxfam.org, Robbie Silverman out of Boston right here. Yeah, he's a senior manager. Please, please, please reach out to him. Um, again, I got right into my interview because it was very important. I wanted to make sure we got this interview out there. But I got to mention my brand new baseball cap, Bubba Wallace, 23 racing, supporting the brand. And Michael Jordan, those guys over there. Also, this past weekend was memorial for Marvelous Marvin Hagler. So I've got my shirt on. It was a star-studded event, and I will talk about that in my news segment and sports segment after the interview with these guys. But i got to get these guys going here. And if you look down below Sinister One, below me, it's my guy, Travis Partington. Five years ago, this guy walked up to me. I was at the Dale Dorman first radio tribute at Massasoit College. This guy walked up to me and he says, hey, I've got an idea for a podcast. I want to start this podcast geared towards veterans. And I said to him, dude, I says, I can have you on in less than three months. And you were like, no way. I says, nope. And I said, look, trust me. And it was a lot of work. You know, he started out, he was wet behind the ears. He was a rookie. I respected him, though, because he was a Marine. And even though he was a Marine, you know, there were things I had to tell him right out the gate, you know. He was doing his podcast. I'm like, look, you can't be a drill sergeant. You got to come up and be personable with the people. You got to make sure people like you and get that voice. You got the voice, but it's your delivery. And look, everything that me and Travis talked about and we did, and Travis has nailed it. Travis, tell him you you've been going a long time now. You've hooked up with Mistress Carrie. You're doing all types of fundraising. This is something that you said to me helped you. You said you were at a point where you needed to do something. You you've branded Oscar Mike Radio. You've got hats. You've got connections with uh, Semper Savage. You you've got this thing with Richard Fitz up here. Talk about it real quick before we get into this interview, man. It's great stuff. I I'm proud of you, man. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was a low time in my life. I was trying to find my way out of a valley. And, um, you, you know, I, I didn't have much, but I had a voice. And, you know, I found out that radio wasn't really going to work for me. So instead of getting discouraged, I tried podcasting. And I think it goes back to, you know, if, if you try to add value to people's lives and try to tell their stories in a real authentic way, you can make some some change. And all I want to do with Oscar Mike radio is just help one person. And I'm really pleased to be here with you tonight, Keith. It's been a long road. You've seen the, the uh, transition and the growth. I really appreciate that. But you know, the one person, one person here tonight is Richard Fitz Jr. And we, when we got a hold of this story, I, I couldn't believe it was actually true. I couldn't believe it actually happened because it's so far away from how things will be dealt with today. And, and meeting Richard, being able to see his story, you know, grow and mature and get out there and help him and, and support him. It's just been an amazing experience. Just wouldn't have any other way. <clears throat> and I'm going to let my man over here, 
Richard Fitz Jr. He's going to introduce himself and what's been going on with this film. And like I said, when these guys are done with this interview, I'm going to actually be showing everyone this exclusive trailer because they're actually going to be showing this thing coming up this weekend. So, Richard, I want you to introduce yourself and let the people know who you are and what's going on. Thank you. I want to reflect the same feelings that, uh, you know, that, that Travis had mentioned. Uh, it's He's been a big help. Um, <clears throat> my name is Richard A. Fitz Jr., I am uh, what they classify as a gold star son, which is when you have an immediate service member and their family that is uh, you know, on active duty that gets killed. Um, however, my stories are a bit rare and a bit different. Um, my uh, father was classified as missing in action for over 21 years. I was two years old when it happened and um, the family was not privy to the information because it was so highly classified that even we were not uh, told what actually happened. Uh, he was in a unit that was uh, completely deniable and operating in what they call uh, neutral countries that we weren't supposed to be there. Um, so no dog tags, no identification as Americans. Uh, if, if you get caught, we don't know you. That's type of stuff. So, you know, kind of where a lot of origins of the joint special operations stuff is where this, where it all started was this unit. So it took me over 21 years uh, to find out what really happened. And do you want to kind of give people kind of an idea or do you want them to be able to see this uh, film? Well, uh, it basically, the film is basically, I, it's almost, almost real time as I'm finding out different aspects of what happened. Um, there's a, there's a very crazy timeline because in uh, the 21 years went by and in 19, it was about 1989, probably late spring, give or take that I got a phone call from the government saying that they found uh, the remains. And um, so they had probably at the time, uh, <clears throat> largest military funeral in mass history at the time and um you know it was a very very it was a huge story um but even then it was still classified technically and it wasn't declassified until 2001 um mm. the unit was awarded a presidential citation uh the entire unit which is pretty much uh i might have this wrong it's pretty much like your uh, distinguished service cross or whatever mm -hmm. that's equal to everybody in the unit gets that and that was uh, 2001, and, and they received that, and then it was that was right around the same time as the uh, the actual declassification. So, and after that time, uh, is kind of when myself and uh, you know I started reaching out more, and uh, other people started reaching out to me. So it wasn't really a I didn't really set out to do a documentary. It was really one of those things. I tell the same story every time I talk about it. Um, what it really came down to was my, my own son now was old enough to look at me in the eyes and ask me a question about my father that I didn't, I didn't know the answer to. And so that kind of kicked me in the butt and said, you know, maybe I should gather some of this stuff, get it um, <clears throat> preserved, digitized, et cetera. Um, and I found a local producer to help me do that, convert videos and all that. Mm -hmm. Now I had known I had a, a story, but you know, when it, when it all happened, when it was, you know, that, that 15 minutes of fame back in 90, it wasn't the right time. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I needed to learn a lot more. I had to let it emotionally sink in. I, there was a lot that I had to deal with. 
Okay. Um, so eventually it all took place. And then when I decided to start doing this, we decided to kind of, yes, let's jump in and try to do a story. But when we did it, I was traveling across the country, uh, interviewing, finding out, you know, different names, different people, different connections. And I was literally finding out new information as I went. There's no, none of this was documented back in the day. This wasn't nothing happened in real time back then. Like they didn't have the technology. Correct. They didn't have uh, somebody <clears throat> recording everything that went down. Most of their, most of their records were either intentionally destroyed or just weren't taken down because again, we, you know, we weren't supposed to be doing that stuff. Wow. So it, took me a lot of uh a lot of digging um and it just kind of it just kept happening and then when i you know hooked up with with travis uh he was a huge support this is this is kind of he's part of all this ball getting rolling and uh as of you know the last if you want to take the lump of the covert shutdown all of us had you know if you want to remove that the last few years um it's really starting to snowball and it's, you know, we've made a lot of connections, a lot of good support coming through. And uh, I'm hoping that the story will be able to be uh, spread out even further. And you've got this thing on Saturday night, the 29th, coming up here. Travis, you want to talk about this? What's going on? You guys actually were doing a test over Restream um, this past weekend, and it looked really good. I can't wait to see how you guys are going to you know, do on Saturday night. I think, I think this is something that everybody will need to tune in and see and watch, but I'm going to let you get into that and talk about what's that and what's going on Saturday night. Yeah, we did, we did, we did a um, stream last year and we liked it. And, and Richard and I are kind of kindred spirits when it comes to continuous improvement where we're never really happy. And we started thinking about a way we could do this again and make it better. And so one of the challenges we had was, well, how do we get this out to more people? And you had told me about Restream, and I mm-hmm. started dialing it in, and Restream solves that problem. Uh, so basically, we take the MP4 of the movie, for all you techies out there, and I put this on a computer that I built just for streaming. It's hardware to liquid cool to, to push data fast with no latency at all. Then we hook in our audio and, you know, we, we push the movie. We have a little special 20-minute presentation before the movie for everybody. I won't give that away. But then after the movie, we're going to have a live question and answer period. And I'm really pleased. Richard talks about how this is growing. Danielle Rocco, who is a Marine mom, she does Devoted to a Soldier, is going to come down from New Hampshire and do a lot of the MC work. So what it's going to allow me to do is run some of the behind-the-scenes stuff while she is doing the live Q&A, the MC, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. So what this has done is it's allowed this to grow to different audiences. More people are getting involved, and we're now getting the technology really dialed in to where give us an internet connection. We can tell this story to thousands of people at one time very easily. And so you know a lot of this you know comes back to continual you know, things you kind of pointed out things we could do better and different lines going to be all set and you take that and you, you internalize it and you, you, you try to deliver a great experience. And, you know, again, Richard and I are, are, are it's kind of weird. We're very different guys, different backgrounds, but we, we like creating things and to see it come together is really, I'm really honored Keith to be a part of this. 
And it's great stuff, and it's great that you guys are, you know, doing this, and I'm glad that we've landed you guys, you know, for you, for Hoobazoo. Uh, Matty Cameron is in the chat. Matt Cameron, Matty C Sports for you and me. He's another guy that I've kind of helped out who's got a great show, great sports program. He follows this show at 8.30 every Tuesday night. He's got UFC fighter, uh, MMA fighter Peter Barrett on tonight on his show. So big props to him. Thanks for hanging out with us, Matt, tonight. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty ecstatic. I'm pretty excited to see what you guys are going to do on Saturday. Travis, this is this is a big live thing for you. I'm pretty proud of you for what's going on. Your sound and everything has, has just been amazing. And, I, you know, and I watch you. I follow you. But you're, it's to the point now where Travis is, you know, the training wheels are off and he's riding his bike around the neighborhood. That's kind of how it is with me and Travis right now. You know, it's there was a time where I was there for him for almost everything. Travis would be hitting me up during the week and, full of questions and I said hey Travis there's no such thing as a bad question if you got to ask me something just ask me I'm not gonna bite your head off I'm gonna be honest with you with everything because I know you want to build a brand and a product and as you guys see oh. behind him you've got the Oscar Mike radio logo you know veterans in action it's it's just a beautiful thing and, and now you've hooked up with Richard Fitz you know it's a it's it's just a thing here that I look at and I say to myself you know this is a marriage made in heaven that you've been able to help this guy because this was kind of one of the things that you wanted to do. You wanted to be able to help people in these situations. So I can see it in your face. I can see it in your voice that this is something that you're very proud of. And this is kind of like, this is your baby uh, working with Richard on this project. Well, it goes back to what we talked about Keith, where, where, you know, there's a lot of podcasters who want a podcast, but they don't want a podcast. They don't want to put in the grind and work. That's right. That's right. And and then, you, you know, you know, Richard and I have talked very privately about this, so I'm not saying anything out of turn here, but, you know, a lot of Vietnam veterans still to this day feel like they're forgotten. A lot of the Iraqi veterans get the props. World War II guys get the props. But there's a whole section of Korean War and Vietnam vets who are pretty much forgotten. And, you know, I promised them I would never, I would do whatever I can to help tell the story because it's so unique and so personal that, you can't believe it's actually the truth. So mm-hmm. if, if this is where I'm supposed to be with Oscar Mike Rio, then I'm pretty happy to be here with you, Richard. Well, I appreciate that. And I can speak on that um, about the story itself. You know, th- this, the unit and the, the operations that my father were taking, was taking place in, it's known as the secret war because nobody knew about what was going on. Mm-hmm. This unit at times had over 110% casualty rates. How does that happen? The Americans on these teams were getting injured more than once or killed. And the ones that were injured, they were going back out. And it was all volunteer. Mm. So you don't, a lot of this stuff you don't hear of today. Um, And so, you know, I'm sure that is one minor reason in a way that Travis wanted to tell the story. And he wanted it to be known. And the same same with me, but it's a lot more of a personal <clears throat> connection because we have two different stories that go on simultaneously. We have my father's unit story, and you also have my story and the trajectory of my life and how that happened, how it was caused, or you know, the direction I went after it. So I think it's uh it's it's, uh, I think for both of us, Travis included, it's something that we have a passion for. Um, and it really, 
fit well together with both of us as far as like he said the creative part of it and uh we like to keep things getting better i think travis inspired me in a way uh because every time i hooked up with him i saw the improvement and it it, it was really inspiring because oh, yeah. i'm you know not to make it about me but i'm a musician mm-hmm, then this, mm-hmm. this about you come on this thing I I really jumped in on on the movie part, you know, with my producer when I first started making it, and I said, "Well, screw it, I'm going to do the soundtrack." And this gives you an idea of it's kind of reminiscent of how how Travis was in a way because I didn't really know, and I still not I'm not that up on my tech on my programs, but I went and got a program. I didn't even have electric in my basement. I drilled holes through my floor and dropped extension cords just so I could do this type of work. I learned it as I went and I was able to put the entire soundtrack together. So when I see Travis and I see every time I see him, he's stepping up and, and getting better and better. It's, it's very inspirational. And none of these things, uh, none of these stories or anything happen overnight. You have to keep working at it. And so even though I've, we've, we completed this movie in 2018, it was debuted at the special operations association reunion in vegas in 2018 mm-hmm. went through the film circuits did uh, film <clears throat> festival circuit sorry and did very well but it's got to keep the momentum going you know and there's a lot of people out there that don't know about it and so things like this that happen it starts to snowball and we get more people involved you know and uh having travis on board and and doing these i i get to have somebody else involved now that i can spark an idea or have this this thing going on and i can go to travis and he can go you know what we can do that and you guys mentioned danielle which i believe is involved with devoted soldier program um she's actually in the chat so hello to danielle for coming on here and she's going to be involved as you guys said that she's going to be your mc on this event on saturday night now i was watching you guys during your your restream test you guys were talking about um that the the actual mission that that he was on is is featured in the video game and you guys are going to be, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah go ahead. That, yeah. That, that is crazy. Well, you know, it's there's a lot, a lot going on here. The 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 unit is called Mark V Sog, and these Sog gentlemen, because there was no records there, they've written books, they've done this. There's a lot of stuff going on within the last ten years, if not more. And I found out my father's name was in multiple books, and I never knew. So now they got video game Armor Three which is Savage Game is, is a partnership with or whatever. But my understanding, they're one of the bigger video game companies in the world. Mm-hmm. They're doing their part to honor this unit. And it's actually based on one of the gentlemen that knows, knows my father, knew my father from the service. And he's a consultant and a few other of these guys that I knew uh, as well. And just so happens that they created this video game based on these teams and these gentlemen. And it just so happens to be that, you know, the, it, within this video game, it has a, a part of one of the missions you can do was called Eldest Son. Eldest Son was the code name for the one of the missions that my father was attempting to do and he got killed on. Mm. So I don't really want to give too much of that away. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. We have, we have a, a little uh, presentation that people are going to see. And I mm. think it's just going to, it blew my mind. I was, you know, I, I'm still, I get these goosebumps, you know. So we'll see just, all, 
We'll see all this stuff on uh, Saturday night, the 29th. Yeah, that's part of the preview that we're doing. We have like a little short uh, thing, like Travis said, 20 minutes, 23 minutes or whatever. And that's going to be an introduction to the, the actual movie itself. But wow. it will really it will really give an idea about who is paying attention, who is vo- involved and who is really given their time. Wow. It's going to wow. make a, it's, it's really a good, it, it's, it really is gold. I got to be honest with you. It's, it's really impressive. We've got a lot of people sitting here in the chat and I want to say hello, Dave Haggerty. I see you in the chat watching along with us. Uh, we got a lot of people in the booth chat and um, I got to thank you guys all for coming in here with us and, and hanging out with us here. Um, but what I got to see what we got going on here. Um, I want you guys to mention social media, how people can follow you, how we can get in touch with you. I'm going to stop with Richard first. <laughs> I want Travis to take that. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, uh, you know, there's the, most of the links and stuff will be uh, posted by Travis, etc. But on a personal note, you can go to my Facebook page. Just look under my name, Richard Fitz Jr. Mm-hmm. If you want to know about the documentary, there's the Staff Sergeant Richard A. Fitz documentary Facebook page. Um, I just recently started a YouTube channel called Sons of Sog, um, and that's brand new, fresh. Um, and I think if Travis, you can speak on some of the uh, outlets that you have going on that we can. Sure, absolutely. Uh, this is going to be streamed. This is going to be streamed to the Oscar Mike Radio uh, Facebook page, the Richard Fitz Jr. Uh, Facebook page, and the Staff Sergeant Richard Fitz Facebook page. And we're going to do it to Danielle's Facebook page. So there's four audiences there. We got it going to Twitter, Oscar Mike Radio on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Oscar Mike Radio, and Richard's uh, YouTube channel. And we're, we're getting Instagram stuff to go to for Saturday. Maybe a couple others. And it's going to be on Twitch as well. So we're streaming the entire thing to Twitch. And to go back a little bit, what we're going to do is my my son is playing going to be playing the Arma 3 uh, Prairie Fire Eldest Son Mission during the live stream. He's nice. going to be streaming that to Twitch. And we're getting some uh, heavy hitters to come in and help him go over the objective <clears> because... I'm trying to play armor right now, folks. I'm going to tell you, it is not Halo. It is not Call of Duty. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. So there's a lot going on here, and we really appreciate all the support and everybody uh, pitching in to help out and promote and tell the story. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. So what we're going to do here before we let these guys go, and I finish out my show uh, with some topics, but uh, we've got the actual trailer right now for this this film that's coming up on the 29th Saturday, uh, 21 years of folded flag. I'm going to let these guys, I'm going to let Travis or, or Richard introduce their baby. And, um, we're going to let these guys get out of here and thank you guys for coming on. Um, and, uh, thank you for everybody that's going to be involved. I see Danielle in the chat. So Danielle, thank you. There's a uh, Danielle Desmond. She's also saying, Hey there, Viana Marie says good stuff tonight. Hey guys. So hello to Viana Marie. Um, hey V, for tuning in. For those who don't, who, those who don't know, uh, if you feel like in the Christmas spirit during the summertime, Travis Partington actually Jeez, did a du- did a duet <laughs> with Travis this past Christmas, and oh. Travis showed off his singing chops with Vian. Look at him, he's blushing. Is that blushing wow, I see wow, from Travis? Me. 
You got me. Wow. That's his, hard to do. Even his mom even his mom was happy when he told her. Wow, you got me. You got me good there. <laughs> so maybe when you're reviewing Yeah. He does, man. You hey, no. man, you Richard, you gotta get him on the mic. You gotta get him up there on stage oh, yeah. and sing some Hell stuff, yeah. man. Got yep. some stuff out. <laughs> oh, I thought about it. Wait a yep. Got that baritone working for you, Travis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Rich- it, Travis White. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you want to introduce this, right? Yes, yes. Please, please introduce. Right, so, uh, this is the actual official trailer. Um, again, I, 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 I'd, uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't mention the producer's name is Rudy Childs, and I met Rudy through the music world. He does a lot of rock and roll uh, documentaries and such, and he was the one that helped me put together. He's the producer on this. I am, <clears throat> um, I was cast uh, in in the role of director only because it was my story. And again, like I said, I did the entire soundtrack, and this is the official trailer that we put out for it. And uh, I think it's about three minutes, give or take, uh, okay. something there. Cool. So we're going to let these guys get out of here. We're going to show you guys this trailer of 21 Years of Folded Flag. Again, it's this Saturday night. What time again, guys? 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please make sure to check them out on all of the social media that he mentioned. It's also going to be exclusive on YouTube also. And um, here it is. There's the trailer for 21 Years of Folded Flag. Guys, I want to thank you guys for coming on, but don't hang up yet. I'm going to talk to you guys off here real quick. There are no American combat forces in Laos. The events that took place then in a top-secret war would completely alter my life forever. My father, Staff Sergeant Richard A. Fitz, was Green Beret, who was killed in Laos on November 30th, 1968, on a classified mission. But one of the most memorable one, uh, the gunships came first, and they just circled us and, and... They said they were, we got the word that there were maybe 300 surrounding us, 300 people, and they just started shooting anybody around us. It just, and they kept on shooting all day long. When we came out, General Stilwell was waiting to congratulate us personally. He had been listening to the whole thing over the radio while Krauss was calling back for airstrikes. He made the remark, that it sounded like world war broke loose on that goddamn hill. He said the only thing he wanted to ask us is where we got the balls to ambush such a large force with only 12 men. We were shouting at each other. Uh, we were that's how close we were. They were hollering at us and we were hollering at them. And then we called in airstrikes and heard them get burnt by a white phosphorus. I heard them screaming. And uh, take that, you son of bitches. <laughs> And we were starting to run out of ammunition. We were—I we was—I carried a, a pretty heavy load, but we were getting low on ammunition, and we started getting more selective of where we were shooting. 3.2 million Americans served in Vietnam. Of that, 20,000 were Green Berets. Of that, 2,000 served in SOG. Of that, four to 600 ran recon, of which your dad was one. And so those numbers tell you how elite the unit was and what your dad was a part of. I don't know if I make the brain or the brain makes me. But let me tell you, whoever that brain is, you can see and feel me. We came around uh, just seconds after it actually hit the ground. Uh, and it 
internal explosion took place out of the cargo door. The resulting explosion and intensity of it more than likely took the lives of the seven Americans on board. And it was obvious from the reports of the uh, other helicopter, the Army helicopters, that when it impacted, that was it. There was no chance on God's earth that anybody survived that because of the ammunition. The government, however, would not admit any knowledge of his death and would keep his status as MIA, or missing, in action. And for me, two decades later, it would all come around again. For God and country, and for our great nation, That was the trailer for 21 Years of Folded Flag. And again, that's going to be this Saturday night, May 29th, 5 p.m. You want to make sure to check these guys out, this event, um, to watch. It's going to be great stuff. And um, I want to make sure that everybody's out there and they can be able to see this and, and watch this. And um, I'm excited. I'm so excited. And Travis, I got to thank you for coming on and hanging out here. And um, it's good stuff. But if you guys want to hang along here, um, I'm going to get into my show. Got about eight minutes left, so i got to blow through it and get into our topics. As I mentioned, Marvelous Marvin Hagler Day Public Memorial was this past week. Bernard Hopkins, Tommy Hearns, uh, political and celebs abound here in Brockton. I was so happy to be a part of this and be able to see this. Um, it was great stuff. And just to show you guys kind of real quick, there was a gentleman there, a graffiti artist, who took the Sports Illustrated cover. And I'm just going to show you this picture right now that he did of Marvin Hagler. And I'll tell you right now, if this gentleman offers this picture of Marvin Hagler as a print, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. This is, you know, I Marvin Hagler did a lot for the city of Brockton. He, people, a lot of people don't realize this. Marvin Hagler broke the racial barriers in Brockton also. It brought Brockton together as a community. Everybody loved Marvin Hagler. It didn't matter what color he was. And it didn't matter what color you were. Um, everybody loved this guy. I remember moving to Brockton in 78 and there was still some questionable, you know, sketchy places to go to in Brockton as a black person. But once the Marvin Hagler thing took off, it really unified this city as one and, and broke a lot of barriers for, you know, different races in this city. So big ups to him. Big ups to him. And it was a great event. Moving on into the news uh, legal booth. Texas lawmakers approve a bill to allow people to carry handguns without a license or background check. Texas and Florida right now are doing the most. They're very upset at the fact that President Trump lost this election and they're rewriting laws and doing all of these things of such. Um, it's kind of scary stuff. Look, I understand you want to let people to carry handguns without a license, and, and I get it. I understand it. But we need background checks. And my problem with background checks is, is they need, in my opinion, background checks need to go deeper and further into the past. Because when you go and look at most of these mass shootings, most of the people who've commit, committed mass shootings um, is is tied into a mental issue, and I can name one right here in New, in the Northeast, the you know the Newtown, Connecticut shooting. Um, that young man, 
Uh, he was known to have his mental health issues. This last recent one that happened, this man had issues all the way back to school. But because these issues have to be protected and sealed, um, the information about him in school was not made available. He was able to you know, acquire a firearm and then he did what he did. My feeling has always been that when you're going for a background check for a handgun, I think it should go deep. I think it should go into the past of somebody who's in school who's had some issues. Um, and I, I just feel that way. I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but that's me. I think the background checks should go much deeper. I think everybody should have a background check in regards to uh, mental health history. And I think that would definitely cut down on a lot of these mass shootings and, and some of the, the crime that we are going through. Um, Texas also passed a bill uh, banning abortions at the six to eight week mark. Um, again, like I said, they're doing the most right now, doing the most that's putting Roe versus Wade on check. Um, it's speaking for women across the country and it, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And then I'll talk about what Florida is doing uh, down there. Um, it's just crazy stuff. Moving into the entertainment booth. Once again, I got to mention the San Diego Music Awards. Voting is still open. Please vote for Van Bates, Black Hesher, nominated for Best Rap Album, Saints and Sirens. I've got my San Diablo All-Stars Cup sitting right here with me. Every week, we miss you, Van, is going to be here. Uh, they just announced that they're going to have a thing here on June 11th for him. So you want to make sure to be here on June 11th for Van Bates Memorial. They're actually having a memorial for him on the West Coast this weekend. And I know guys like Ty Hunt and Diastro and Scott Sanant is, is flying out this week to link up and film. Um, they're actually going to be filming at the Tribute. So uh, it's this weekend, the 29th. They're going to do a thing for Van Bates. So wish these guys great travels. Uh, in the entertainment booth, Paul Mooney. Comedian, writer for Richard Pryor, dies at age 79. He was a trendsetter. He was a black gay comedian, and he didn't take any shit from anybody. And I, I'm just putting it bluntly. He didn't take any shit from anybody. He wrote a lot of stuff. He caught a lot of criticism uh, for making jokes about Wayne Brady on the Dave Chappelle show to the point where Wayne Brady had to show up in a skit. And if you guys remember the infamous training day skit with Rain, Wayne Brady and Dave Chappelle, that skit was pretty much inspired because of the comments that Paul Mooney had made about Wayne Brady, <laughs> you know, being whiter than Bryant Gumble. So um, Paul Mooney, a lot of people remember for that, but he was he was very influential with a lot of people in their careers and comedy. Not just Richard Pryor, but a lot of white comedians really respected Paul Mooney, and he wrote for a lot of those people too. So rest in peace to him, seventy nine. Um, also in the entertainment booth, Hemi Cable is looking to be in the Highlander reboot. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a reboot or a remake, but let me just say something here. Clancy Brown played the Kurgan. And if you all remember who Clancy Brown was, he was the guy that was chasing around the Highlander. You know, he wanted to be the only one. He wanted to be the last one to be the Eternal. So I want to know who the hell they're going to have to play the Kurgan. Because, I hate to say this, but Clancy Brown stole that movie. He stole that movie from Christopher Lambert. And we can't have cancel culture. Because <laughs> in the original Highlander, Sean Connery, a Scottish man, 
played a Spaniard in this film. Unfortunately, you can't have a Scottish guy play a Spaniard in a 2021 film because cancel culture is going to be all over that ish. <laughs> so uh, we got to find somebody to play that little role if it's, if this is going to be a remake. I don't know if there's going to be a remake, but here it's saying a reboot. And sometimes when they report on these, they don't they use the words wrong. So I don't know exactly what it's going to be. If it's a reboot, that means it may be going in a new direction. Henry Cable may even be a new character. But either way, I am ecstatic to see it. Highlander actually had a TV series that went on for a very long time. It was very successful on TV, the Highlander TV series also. So can't wait. Pretty excited for that. Moving on the entertainment booth, uh, Spiral, which you guys, a lot of people didn't know about because of COVID and stuff. But I, when I saw this trailer... Chris Rock in a in a serious role in a horror film. Chris Rock really pushed for this role, said it, it was time to change the way that his career was going. Uh, so we have him and we have Samuel Jackson in this film. This is part of the Saw franchise. It opened up two weeks ago, and it's now pushed Saw franchise over the one billion mark in the global box office for the franchise altogether. I might have to take some time Friday night and might have to go check out Spiral because it's getting good reviews. They're saying it's very good. Um, Matt Cameron says, don't know how to take this film. It's, it's getting good reviews. They're saying it's real good. Um, You know, this is the whole jigsaw thing. Chris Rock, Sam Jackson. I got to check it out. I've got to check it out. So I'm here to say it's time to go Uh, in the, Entertainment booth closing this out. Marvel Studios releases the Eternals official teaser trailer. And guess what? I've got it here for you guys right here, right now. And let me just show this for you guys right now. This is the Eternals MCU trailer. Star-studded cast. And uh, it's big things. So here we go. Eternals teaser trailer. Marvel Comics Universe. I'm dropping it. Good. 
thank you for this. Oh, you're welcome. So now that Captain Rogers and Iron Man are both gone, who do you think's gonna lead the Avengers? I could lead them. So I don't know if you guys were paying attention during that trailer. There was an Asian gentleman, a big Asian gentleman in the back there. And I don't know, for film buffs like me, yo, Train to Busan. If anybody's seen one of the best Korean zombie movies of all time, it's actually, doesn't even matter that it's Korean. If I had to name my top five zombie movies of all time, Train to Busan is in the top three. And the Asian gentleman who is in that, trailer he is in train to busan and i don't want to ruin it for you but man his little part almost made me cry almost made me cry i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie and people if you haven't seen it i tell everybody about movies that you need to see if you haven't seen train to busan it's a zombie korean horror film um originally it was only subtitled but i believe they do have the dubbed one on netflix now and you can watch it dubbed, and it's a it's a good dubbing. Um, but yo, add that to your zombie movie list. Train to Busan. Trust and believe me, you'll be in my inbox, and you'll be like, "Damn, how did I not know about this movie?" <laughs> Trust and believe me, it is a great movie. Hey, my cousin, I got family in the chat. Sean Cooper, what's going on? Kevin Jeffries, host of Happy Hour with Lido. What's going on, Kevin Jeffries? Check him out. On his show. Um, moving on into the sports booth. UFC Fight Night takeaways. Boston Zone, the cartels. Rob Font. Beat Cody Garbrandt. Decision. But look, people, it was unanimous. Why? Because Rob Font whooped that ass. Was a little tough in that first round. But once he figured him out, Rob Font made Cody look silly. Look silly, and this is look. This is a big one, people, because when these are the type of fights that that Dana White's a genius. Rob Font is hungry. Rob Font is up and coming. Rob Font was outside the 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 one to ten rankings of that bantam weight. Cody was in the top ten. So in other words, Dana gives him that fight. And says, hey, yo, Cody, this is a good fight, but this is a dangerous dude. You know what I'm saying? Rob's a dangerous guy. You got to be on your game against Rob Font. And Rob Font has been knocking people out. He's been whooping. But to take this fight to Cody and get the unanimous decision, yo, this is going to hurt Cody in his standings. And this is going to catapult Rob at least at the to the number eleven top ten, so I can't wait till the updated MMA rankings come out to see where Rob lands on this rankings. I gotta say, you gotta put him in the top ten, and we go from there. We go from there. That's that's where I'm at on this one. I I'm, I, I can't wait to see um, Biden bombshells, Florida governor. And we talked about I talked about Texas and Florida doing the most right now. Both of these states were Trump states doing the most right now. Florida Governor DeSantis signs into law to hold big tech companies accountable for content moderation practices. In easy layman's terms, it, what they just did was is that they want to be able to control social media. 
and hold them supposedly accountable. People are going to be able to sue social media for not allowing them a platform. But here's the thing. Before Biden got into office and all this stuff, people talked about taking away rights and taking away people's this and that. This law right here is taking stuff away from people. It's taking the rights away from private companies. Private companies can have their platform and promote whatever platform they want because that's their right as a business. If they lose business because of what they think and what they believe, that's on them. The government doesn't have a right to allow people to sue. Look, in in, in commercial radio, the FCC says that you have to allow equal time to elected officials. Equal time. In the FCC, I can see that because radio is monitored by the government and it goes out over commercials and it's... A, Social media is completely different. It's a private effing company. So for them to pass a law where people will be able to sue, and just remember, Governor DeSantis, this ish works both ways. Because President Trump has his own social media. So if people feel unhappy about him and what he's putting out there and the, and the lies that he may be putting out there, guess what? Those people can turn around and sue President Trump and his from the desk of President Trump website for what he's putting out. Remember, this ish works both ways. And they don't think about that. They don't think about that. So this is a very dangerous thing to, to look. Pay attention, people. This is the stuff that affects all of us. Pay attention to this one. I'm just letting you all know. It's, 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 it's a tough one. Um, before we get out of here and I mention my beanies, I've got a couple of things coming up here in Are You Serious? And in Are You Serious, uh, I got to show you guys a video of Phil Mickelson, 50 years old, taking home the PGA Championship this past weekend. Watch the amount of people at the 18th hole and when he shoots his shot for the 18th hole. This is some crazy stuff right here. And then after that, I've got another Are You Serious to show you guys featuring Simone Biles. Oh, my God. So here it is, Phil Mickelson, 50 years old. 50 years old, taking home that PGA title. Here it is. The following conversation is real. It took place on Tuesday, June 8th of 2004, between the Blonde Star Advisor and the subscriber. Blonde Star. That all but locked. The nine iron. That all but locked it up. You had all those times when you walked up the 72nd at the Open Championship, yeah. but I don't know that it ever felt quite like this today. And Phil is about to serve his people.
Here it is. Biggest moment of a legendary career. Phil defeats Father Time. could think of was the ending scene in um, Caddyshack when they're about to win and beat Chief Smalls, um, Judge Smalls. Remember that scene when they're on the 18th hole and, you know, miss it, Danny, miss, miss, you know, and man, that's all that reminded me of. And just imagine as the word was spreading around the clubhouse that Phil was about to win this and everybody leaving their drinks and leaving the clubhouse and creating that mass scene there for that 18th hole. That was just amazing. And uh, congratulations to Phil for taking home that PGA title. Uzi Juan Kenobi in the chat. What's going on, man? Thank you for showing your support. Uh, before I close out the show, Simone Biles nailing that double pike. If you haven't seen it yet, are you serious? Defying gravity. What? Look at this. Are you serious? Just watch. so fast i had to show it again she got three revolutions three full revolutions before she planted craziness craziness to see her pull it off and the olympics hasn't even started yet vegas put your money on her put your money on her man um get ready to get out of here get ready to close it out uh everybody for showing their support robbie silverman from oxfam thank you for coming on travis partington thank you for coming on here Good stuff, man. Richard Fitz Jr., 21 years of Folded Flag. Thank you for coming on. Check out my Sinister One Productions beanies. Only a little bit left. T-shirts, baseball caps are coming. Um, I got to mention Drafting the Circuits and Oscar Mike Radio. Make sure to check out those podcasts. Happy Hour with Lido. Make sure to check them out. And at 8.30, Maddie C Sports for you and me with Peter Barrett. Cage Titans, big announcement. Fight coming up. Can't wait to see this man fight at home. Uh, again, everybody who supports this show, wearing their beanies, checking it out. Peter Barrett up there. Kevin Jeffries, Travis Pryington, Matt. What's going on? Viana Marie, my brother. Mr. Melodic. Ty Hunt. All you guys, man. Man, holding it down. So I'm truly blessed. Again, check out Oscar Mike Radio. Maddie C Sports for you and me. And uh, 8.30 is the show. One more time again, I got to give a big shout out to uh, Melissa from Hot 96.9. Got to show you guys this one real quick before we get out of here. Melissa from Hot 96.9, much love. Big claps to her. Melissa from Hot 96.9. 
actually shared on her Instagram story today. Shout out to Brockton's own at Viana Marie. Um, when you swipe up, it was going right to Viana Marie's video. What you know about V, what you know is the name of the video. And um, what I'm actually going to do here for you guys is, is I'm actually going to show you guys her video. And then I think we're going to go into SpongeBob Take Us Home. I think that's I think that's exactly what we'll do. So I'm going to give you guys the video that everybody's supporting and sharing and holding it down for us. I, I love it. And I, I know there's not much I can say other than we thank you. We thank you. So I'm going to show you this video, what you know, featuring Viana Marie and Brandon Grimes in the cameo. And um, here it is, what you know about V. And then SpongeBob will take us home. For listening to the booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I make it, bitch, don't repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate and y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak assholes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing because I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit, it's like I'm my own now. I get hurt, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. Yeah.
Enter your website, enter your website, enter your website, enter your website.